a very warm welcome to our yoga instructor today he is a very accomplished person a veteran in this field and he is working in yoga field of yoga for past several years so before i speak about him i would like like instead of speaking about him i would invite him to say a few words about himself and then we can begin the podcast yeah just uh to start with my name is gaurisha and uh, born and raised in bangalore um i did my bachelor's just for education i did my bachelor's in computer science here in bangalore and then uh i worked in the software field and went to the us um uh, uh, to texas to get an mba and then worked in uh, it it consulting uh came back to india um then uh, worked in a couple of companies um the last one was a company called national instruments uh for which i was the head of india r&d um and uh, in about 2012 13 uh, uh you know i had i had started meditation in about 2006 2005-6-7 around that time frame and a little bit of yoga because I had some knee issues and issues with asthma and stuff like that. Um, but then I started looking at it a little bit more seriously. 2012, I took a sabbatical from my work from leading the company and then I spent some time in Rishikesh um, uh, practicing yoga, practicing meditation. Um, and then when I came back, I decided that I will pursue this uh, uh as much as i will pursue my it career so i continued to work part time there and i can and i started to teach um so i've been teaching for about 6 years now uh <clears throat> so that's been my journey i've uh, educated to be an engineer um and self educated to be a yoga teacher how wonderful so, uh, Gorisha, I was going through your website and I saw a lot of details about Ashtang Yoga. Now, many readers, my readers, my people I know, they are very curious to know what, how exactly this is different from, if I can say, Baba Ramdev Yoga or other form of yoga that are available uh, on the internet or teachers. I think this is a very spe specialized field, Ashtang Yoga, and it is just not to be done on your own. You have to learn by some guru. So I would like you. I'm requesting you if you can speak something about Ashtanga Yoga, please. Uh, yeah, actually, I'd. Uh, it's it's it's. Um, there are a few things about it. Uh, the teaching, uh, the method of yoga that I teach uh, is called Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga or Ashtanga Yoga in general because uh, you know it's been branded that way. Uh, is a form of yoga that was originally taught by Sri Krishnamacharya, um, who taught uh, uh, in the Mysore Palace uh, to the King of Mysore, and uh, who was patroned by the King of Mysore, and who was encouraged to teach uh, to people in Mysore and people in other places. So he, um, Sri Krishnamacharya himself, learned. You know, he spent years. Um, seven years um, learning in the Himalayas with uh, his guru Rama Mohana Brahmachari and then uh, he came uh, and he started teaching that. So 
his method of teaching uh, he had of course there are several strains different strands uh, of uh, students that he has but he's he he's he can be called the founder actually he's called the father of modern yoga also the founder of this ashtanga vinyasa method of uh, yoga practice um, and since it's come down like that um, it is better or more beneficial or uh, more productive uh, when you learn it uh from someone who has learned it uh from a teacher so it's because there is some nuances and uh you know you typically uh it's better you get that from a teacher rather than trying to go through the hoops your own because it will take longer right so that is uh, the ashtanga method of uh, teaching there is a specific method and uh, from shri krishnamacharya i'll just take a little bit one more minute of history because uh, if people are listening to this i think it's important to get the history of yoga history of the context of yoga from an india perspective from an ashtanga and all of that uh, so he took this uh, and he was teaching and then he has had multiple people uh, who have become famous who have been his students who have become famous like uh, shri patabi joyce uh, shri bk sangar Uh, his own son shri deshika acharya and then indra devi um, there are you know four or five or maybe more uh, shri ag mohan there are several uh, famous teachers that have learned with shri krishna acharya uh, and uh, each of them have taken a slightly different aspect of the yoga with themselves and they have taught that so this specific ashtanga vinyasa system is taught was taken or was understood and taken from shri krishnamacharya by shri uh, patabi joyce and then transferred on right so um, that is that strain then of course angal took another uh, slightly different piece and transferred that on onward and then uh, the other teachers did the same uh, so this specific ashtanga vinyasa system is um, by shri uh, you know uh, popularized by shri k patabi joyce and then currently his grandson teaches in mysore shri uh, sharad joyce um and i practice with him um and uh, you know so there's hundreds and thousands of students and hundreds of thousands of people that they have taught um so this method continues in that lineage um but uh, at an overall level if you're saying uh, uh, shri baba ramdev's uh, system and this i think there is a there's not much like there are different schools different systems all of this comes under what is in a blanket known as hatha yoga these are all hatha these are all techniques that are hard that require a lot of patience a lot of dedication a lot of hard work these are all the basis on which these are formed whether it's the yoga that you learn if you may learn from uh, 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 baba ramdev or whether it's uh, the yoga that you learn as ashtanga vinyasa from shri shalaj joyce or any of the ashtanga teachers or from bk sangar it's the base is the same it's hatha it's that you need determination you need patience you need perseverance you need discipline and those things so that the base is the same and then you know there are different kinds of treatment that's given by different schools and ashtanga vinyasa is a, is a particular treatment of hatha yoga okay a very good explanation very interesting explanation that you have given me gorisha wonderful listening to it now um, when we talk about yoga 
So there are two types of people uh, who ask me about yoga when they are curious about their health. Uh, there is a uh, section of people who are not well. Let's say they are suffering from high blood pressure or they have diabetes or some other health problem. And then there are other people who are very young and they just want to learn yoga to be more flexible, to increase longevity or just to feel good, to be healthy, to maintain their life. So the explanation you have given me about Hat Yoga, Ashtang Yoga, so is it applicable to both uh, uh, part of people I have talked about or is it not, it is advised not to be used for people who, uh, for people who have high blood pressure or for diabetes. Uh, as an expert, whom would you recommend this you know, yoga to? Um, see, yoga itself needs to be customed uh, to the student. So, um, uh, yoga can be practiced by anyone. Uh, so, there are no restrictions on who can practice. Um, the things that you need to overcome are your own laziness, are your, your own, uh, you know, um, challenges, personal challenges, and uh, your own doubts and stuff like that that you need to overcome. But beyond that, there is nothing that uh, uh, should stop anyone at any age almost, you know, from practicing, you know, my... Um, as an example, my mother practices at 80. Um, so there are, and several uh, people practice at, uh, you know, fairly advanced ages. Uh, so there is nothing that stops uh, a practitioner. Of course, the practice needs to adapt itself to the practitioner. And the practitioner, if he gets a teacher who is able to understand and adapt it, he will benefit from that practice. So you cannot put, uh, put a, you know, 15 year old, person and a 75 year old person in the same class trying to do the same thing it just doesn't work so you need to try and make sure that you have uh, the understanding and the ability to uh, customize it uh, to the person the student in front of you and that's important all right so how can you go about it like um, i am living in bangalore so suppose i want to join your classes so can i do it online or i have to come to your studio and if yes, so how many hours in a week would suffice as a beginner to join Ashtam Yoga? So ideally, uh, what uh, it would be, um, so while you're building the foundations, I think you'll need to spend a little bit more time. Um, the, the way my classes are structured is that I have six classes a week. Um, um, and uh, I do have students coming from quite far and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I know, I know it can be a challenge. Now with the COVID stuff, I think, you know, I'm also looking to try and move some of my classes uh, to online uh, as I found new students who are, who are, you know, far or not even in the city uh, who'd still like to benefit from uh, the teaching. So um, you'll probably end up spending, uh, end up needing to spend about an hour a day for about six days a week for three months to be able to get some basics understanding your breathing working with your breathing understanding some basic poses building some basic flexibility some basic strength uh, and once you have that <clears throat> you can uh, be a little bit more offline you will be able to work with a teacher even without uh, his presence um, through just suggestions or uh, just being on a call or uh, doing a demo and stuff like that. So, but you need to, uh, in the initial stages, I think uh, 
corrections on a very regular basis helps set a good foundation the reason i am asking this question is because sometimes people my friends group and some people at work they say that it is very nice due to the youtube is there so you can just open any channel on yoga and you can start practicing but sometimes i feel and some uh, my colleagues they also feel that uh, certain asan certain uh, difficult posture should be done only with the help with the guidance of a guru like you because uh, if you do something wrong or if you have high blood pressure for example you should be in touch with a guru so he can explain uh, the nuance if something is wrong that is why i was asking you yeah the reason i am asking this question is because sometimes people my friends group and some people at work they say that it is very nice due to the youtube is there so you can just open any channel on yoga and you can start practicing but sometimes i feel and some uh, my colleagues they also feel that uh, certain asan certain uh, difficult posture should be done only with the help with the guidance of a guru like you because uh, if you do something wrong or if you have high blood pressure for example you should be in touch with a guru so he can explain uh, the nuance or if something is wrong that is why i was asking you yeah sure absolutely i think you bring up a very valid point uh, i can now recalibrate my answer and say that if you have a health issue you have to be in touch in person with your teacher till both of you understand the path that can be taken now but if you don't have you know major health any health issues and you're fairly you know you're you know in your um fairly young 30 40 50 and you're uh, doing well healthily healthy uh, then you sh- you can you know you can attempt uh, uh to start some practice um online uh, but with youtube uh, <clears throat> what happens is you get multiple teachers with multiple flavors um and i feel when you're starting out uh you need to be focused uh, you need to be uh trained to understand uh and you need to dig deep into something and then later you can kind of branch out it's like trying to dig a well but you dig in 15 different places right if you if you try to dig in 15 20 different places you generally don't up with a well you don't end up with a well you end up with 15 pits true right so you uh, at the start uh, it's wiser even if you are learning on youtube to f- try and get to one person that you feel you can connect with and then try to follow from beginner practices uh, so that you get you start getting um, your body starts getting adjusted to uh, the practice and your breathing can handle it and stuff like that so that's important to do so focusing on something <coughs> uh whichever suits you uh will help and that's very important and typically what happens with youtube uh the the biggest i mean the huge positives but the biggest challenge with youtube is you tend to say okay okay this guy is doing something really tough let me ignore him i'll go to some other beginner and then you there will be 100 other uh, choices you'll uh, click on someone who you first see and then you and then 
that person may not have another class so you'll go to someone else the next day and stuff like that so it just uh, you get you end up getting scattered and that's why the results may not be um, you know beneficial you may get injured you may get into uh, trouble uh, without the right kind of guidance thank you very much for this answer i have another question people um, get these diseases like blood pressure and diabetes or they wear glasses like i am doing generally doctors say ki now you will be having this throughout your life and ye aapke sath hi jayega this is generally what doctors say so when i uh, look at uh, gurus like you teachers like you so uh, they get hope and i want to get a clarification on this gorisha do you think by regular doing yoga for few years or few months can we actually get rid of blood pressure or diabetes or if we continue doing some asanas can we actually improve our eyesight or at least reduce it to a considerable level i mean you may be getting this question very often but i like me ask this also um actually when i wrote i write a little bit not a lot but just a few articles maybe a year but uh, one of the articles that i wrote was about this question um let me qualify my response um like for hi- hypertension and diabetes um yoga can help um and if you practice yoga definitely you will see benefit you'll see uh, i have seen numerous cases in my class uh, where people have uh, seen their uh, blood pressures going down or getting to normal people have come off medication come off diabetes medication through the practice but there are a few things that are important yoga alone cannot do this there are dietary uh, uh, parts actually i could say 70% is diet or even 80% is diet diet and lifestyle you do yoga and you uh, drink and then you uh, eat uh, without uh, care um, the disease is not going to let go of you because you are eating the disease every day right so um, it's difficult to overcome a bad lifestyle through a practice of yoga you yoga itself the basis for yoga is a consistent lifestyle Uh, and a lifestyle where you are um, trying to stay in control of uh, your consumption you're trying to <clears throat> stay in control of how you're leading your lifestyle so uh, without that without that basis you may do all you want but the benefits will uh, will kind of escape you so it's very important to understand that so just doing yoga alone and continuing to have whatever uh, lifestyle habits you have continuing to have the same stuff will uh, will not help it just brings a bad name to the practice okay so um as we go on <clears throat> deep into this podcast i would ask you uh, gorisha would be would you be willing to teach us a few of your favorite asanas that uh, we can learn sitting at our home when practicing and become healthy or whichever asana you can teach us right now given the current situation corona times maybe something that can improve our immunity whatever you are the boss okay is uh, since you're asking me to teach something um i'll teach uh, um uh, the basic uh, which is the surya namaskar which is uh, the 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 uh, the foundation for the ashtanga practice um and then i'll uh, i can demo a couple of things that uh, emerge out of if you can do that practice well 
Okay. Sure. We are watching. Yeah, I can watch you. You can see me there, right? I can. Yeah, I can see. You. So just let me make sure that uh, the angles are right before we start. And you can see my whole mat because that's important. Uh, okay. You can see my whole mat there, right? When you are standing near the mat, uh, I can see you. No, I can, right now I can only see your own legs. Now I, I can see you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I teach uh, what's called the Ashtanga Surya Namaskar. Yeah. It's a, a simple 10 step Surya Namaskar. And I'll uh, speak as I speak. As I uh, do this, okay. so you stand uh, in what is called samastiti, with your uh, feet uh, next to each other, straight legs, and your chest open, abdomen sucked in, and uh, you know looking ahead. So this is called samastiti, and then you start the surya namaskar. Ekam, first step. Inhale. And raise your arms up and look towards your thumb. That's the first step. The way exhale, you bend forward. Now, if you can bend forward and reach your palms, you do that. If you cannot, you bend your knees a little bit. Even if you need to bend your knees a little bit more, that's fine. You try and press your palm down, even if it's a little ahead, it's fine. Okay, so that's step two, that's an exhale. And step three. You're going to inhale and look up. So for beginners, it's going to look like that. Okay. And step four, after you inhale and look up, you're going to take both your legs back and go to the plank. That's four. And five, you're going to inhale and come into Cobra or the upward dog. And step number six, I'm going to go into downward dog on an exhale. And so you, what you try is you go and try and press your heel down. You try and make sure your legs are straight. You're going to make sure your arms are straight. You're going to try and push your shoulder down and tuck your head in and we'll stay there for five breaths, regular breathing. Now one, two, three, four, and five. Now after five breaths, you're going to walk both your feet forward. That's uh, step number seven. And step number eight, you're going to try and repeat what you did. You're going to try and take your head to your knee. So for beginners, it look like that. And step number nine, on an inhale, you come up. And you come into something. So this is uh, the Surya Namaskar. 
Now uh, the Aspanga system is quite dynamic and it's, uh, it's quite challenging. So I'll do a demo of this. Once you get practice, you know, there's a, there are little nuances. So I'll do a demo of this without speaking of one Surinamskar. So that's how it that's how it should look once you have what a wonderful performance spectacular i don't think i can do what you did right now <laughs> it takes uh, some practice yes lots of practice for me i don't know how many months <laughs> before how we jumped amazing so this is a basic and then you progress so. that was basic wow no wow. Uh, the first one that i showed is the basic and then you start progressing yeah. to what I showed you later. So it's a, you know, it's the very first uh, Surya Namaskar itself can be quite challenging. Now you see that I'm, you know, starting this work a bit. So no, no, no. I think you're not even breathless. You're just talking so effortlessly, and I am breathless after looking at you. And you just you continue talking. Very nice. I'm so impressed. I'm sure your students are so lucky to have you as a teacher, Gorisha. Well, both ways, I think. I have students and I'm lucky for that. <laughs> Which part of Bangalore you have your studio in Gorisha? Uh, I have it in Basangudi. Basangudi, the, the famous Bull Temple you have. Very close to, actually very close to Bull Temple. It's probably about 500, 400, 500 meters. Okay, that's very approachable to the students if they want to come from all over Bangalore, I guess. It's very easy to approach. So the old Bangalore, I think, uh, is very approachable. It's only for, I think, the electronic city, Whitefield, that it gets really far. But for a lot of the old uh, Bangalore, South Bangalore, I would say, uh, it's quite approachable. Do you take classes in the evening also? Yes, we have morning and in the evening. And uh, hopefully, you know, with uh, if uh, we get back to classes, we were planning to have classes in the uh, afternoon from 11 to 1 and stuff. So we should have classes you know, fairly, you know, two, three times during the day, some options for students. I have one last question for you, Gorisha, before I ask for your uh, comments. So, uh, uh, which is not exactly related to yoga, but because you are into wellness, so you may have some inputs on this. Uh, we keep on hearing about intermittent fasting, like uh, some minutes, few minutes back, you were talking about how yoga can be combined with a healthy lifestyle it cannot be done if you are eating paratha for example three times in a day so uh, these days i keep on reading about intermittent fasting wherein you do not eat for a very long period of time for example if i have my dinner at 6 pm in the evening i should eat probably tomorrow morning at 10 am something like that so uh, do you recommend intermittent fasting and uh, is it good to go hungry for a long period of time what what, what do you think 
Uh, and okay, so I would express my opinion. This is literally what we do every day. Uh, I that's a practice for me. Um, so I typically end end my day eating day at uh, about say seven six thirty or seven, and then I um, I only eat at uh, say about nine nine thirty in the morning after my classes and everything. So um, I think it helps a lot. Um, giving rest and uh, recuperation time for the digestive system is uh, is very good. Sometimes we eat uh, for emotional reasons, yeah. uh, right? Uh, but uh, we don't. Uh, we are not able to always uh, um, perceive what's happening to the digestive system, which is digesting. Uh, you know, because we are eating just, you know, because we are uh, upset or we are uh, elated or we are uh, angry or whatever it is. But then the digestive system has to go through the same uh, uh, challenge of uh, digesting all of the stuff that uh, you're throwing in uh, and it can get tired and uh, and it can be uh, less efficient. Uh, when it becomes less efficient, it can uh, just, you know, it can uh, throw away the food without proper digestion or it can just uh, stuff it away, causing more disease, uh, lack of uh, proper what we call uh, flow of prana or the flow of energy within you gets uh, impacted. So intermittent fasting, I would recommend uh, without any reservations. Um, but I would also say you need to adjust it a little bit to your, you know, some people, you know, have some restrictions on how 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 much they can fast, uh, they can have, they may have some medical conditions and stuff. So you'll have to adjust some of these. But fasting itself is good. You know, I I try to fast, uh, you know, once a week or at least once in two weeks, uh, almost a day or at least two meals or something like that. So um, fasting is good. Fasting uh, brings the energy back, brings the focus back. And uh, also that whole, you know, I want to eat, I want to eat, I want to eat. That's itself a, a disease that we carry. And trying to cut that... Uh, um, work that and trying to keep uh, keep that uh, that wanting to eat wanting to eat kind of uh, thought uh, away from the top of your head that itself uh, helps um, whether intermittent fasting uh, helps or not just the fact that you're not making you know you're saying okay you know this is there is only a window in which I eat and the rest of that uh, uh, away from that window I don't eat at all I think that gives you a lot of freedom as well so uh, I would uh, I would kind of recommend that. It's just from personal experience. Um, I'm very happy to hear you yeah. <laughs> recommend intermittent fasting. Yeah. So, so I would yeah. at least a 12-hour, you know, 12-hour window, minimum 12-hour window would be good. And, and maximum, if you're talking about minimum, can you suggest? See, there are, it, it depends on, uh, like, I think 14 to 16 hours is the ideal recommended. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's a good, uh, yeah, 14 hours you can easily get through without eating. I mean, most urban people, uh, urban, I would say urban middle class and urban, yeah, working. I mean, they, you, most people eat far more than they need. They can just go on a fast. Correct. For like two days, three days, without body feeling anything, uh, it's just uh, it's just an emotional uh, situation. I mean, uh, so you can you can fast without uh, 
you know, without really any concerns, except for if you have medical conditions where the doctor says, you know, you, that something happens with your uh, system. So in those cases, you may have to train your body over time for fasting. You may not be able to fast just like that. But if you're healthy, yes, I would say do it because it's good. It's good for the digestive system. Get some rest. It's like you sleeping. When you sleep, you get a nice sleep. You really are fresh. You feel you want to get up. You want to go to work. You want to see. You want to walk. You want to run. You want to do some activity. And all of that happens only when you get good rest and when you feel energized. And it's exactly the same with the digestive system. If you keep feeding it, it doesn't feed the rest. It doesn't. It's just active all the time. It's not good. Very good. Now, uh, before we uh, go, uh, Gorisha, I would like you, if you have any stories to share, anything you want to tell our viewers, because people say, if you want to share any story about your student that he came with so and so condition, and then after doing Ashtam Yoga, uh, he was cured, any, or anything at all you want to share to, uh, to you, because I've been asking questions, you can share something from your side, whatever you want to. Uh, I mean, I don't want this to be a marketing uh, for me in terms of what we have tried to cure and stuff like that. It's not uh, 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 It's not my goal. My goal is to inculcate in people the strength uh, and perseverance to create their own practice. And uh, uh, the way I would say yoga or any any lifestyle practice. Yoga is a lifestyle practice. It is not something that you just try and, uh, you know, you can try it. You can try, you can go to a studio or you can go to a yoga teacher and try it for like 15 days uh, or a month. But uh, yoga is kind, I, I wouldn't look at yoga like that. Uh, uh, yoga is more of a, of a lifestyle um, practice. So when you take up a lifestyle practice like uh, like a, like yoga uh, or anything like any uh, of the eastern practices you know like I, I don't know maybe shaolin or maybe any of these intense practices that take years um, and yoga is one of them um, uh, one of the important things to understand is that uh, initially you need to guard your practice you need to make sure that you have a, a, a teacher access to a teacher um, and then you're working with the teacher trying to understand um, and you're comfortable with the teacher you're trying to work with the teacher to understand how uh, this can be beneficial because the way it works it literally works like a sapling to a tree um, uh, your initial practice is like you're a sapling and uh, the practice can go away you know um, if there is a storm if there is a hurricane the sapling just dies so there's anything like uh, somebody saying hey your yoga is not uh, great uh, your practice may go away or you know you may uh, get uh, interrupted by your own um, confusion about the practice and stuff like that and you may lose the practice so it's important at the initial stages to ensure that you have a strong determination to build a practice now that'll take some time so uh, when a sapling grows you you fence around it you make sure you build a fence the fence is your determination and things of like that. And so you build a fence around a sapling as it grows into a small, uh, you know, into a small tree, uh, then, uh, you know, it becomes stronger, the roots are uh, deeper. Uh, and then after three, two, three, four years, 
you don't need uh, a fence anymore it's uh, it's become a tree now it's starting to reap fruit you're starting to reap fruits the benefits of the practice all of them are available to you only when you can protect the practice work on it and be able to see it grow into a tree that's when the fruits are available and the fruits are manifold uh, it is a emotional step it can be emotional stability it can be um, just as far stronger breath body a stronger physical body far lesser health issues far more confidence in your daily activities just it's manifold it's just, it's a it's what you want right it's what you are focusing on but what's important is to build step by step when you're a sapling you're a sapling you have to recognize that build a fence around and start to water it and the watering is your practice every day watering is to try and attend a class or stuff like that and slowly you start seeing something you maybe see a flower here a flower there and okay there's something you'll see sometimes you know people come and say oh my i just noticed that my back pain has gone away i didn't even realize that i used to have back pain and now i didn't attend for two classes and then i get a back pain then i realize oh my god when i was practicing my back pain was out and so you start seeing benefits as you start the practice and I, but when it becomes a tree and then it's you know it's uh, the benefits are humongous and it's uh, it's it takes time it takes patience you know it takes the right kind of manure it just takes a lot of things it takes sunlight there's so many things that make a tree and it's like the tree of practice also takes a lot of things um and you need to be patient sometimes you struggle sometimes it's uh, it's demotivating but you have to stick you have to stick by seeing some of the examples of other people who have practiced and where they have reached and those can be examples you know one of the things that are, inspire me is the story of the buddha right and uh, inspires me to stay on the path of yoga stay on the path of meditation uh, so things are there you can pick up a, a historical figure you can pick up a person that you see right in front of you whatever that inspires you to sit and practice so that's important wonderful how nice to hear such nice like information about yoga now uh, gorisha i have, i already told you we are at the end of a podcast but i think i have one more question which i should have asked you earlier which i am asking now you telling me you went to usa you are an engineer and then you came back to india so i would like to know a little bit more about what exactly pushed you towards yoga after hearing your speech you know so much about meditation about life what exactly made you choose this to teach people and to make people healthy sure sure i mean uh, the thing that interested me uh, to start with was the results that i saw in myself from the practice i was i was asthmatic um, i had knee issues uh, i was recommended knee surgery multiple times um and then uh, things are that and obviously you know midlife crisis all kinds of things happen uh, to people um and uh, during those times uh, my practice uh, you know helped me you know my practice helped me overcome my uh, the challenges i had with my knee overcome the challenges that I, had, that i had with my breathing as asthma i don't even recognize asthma anymore uh, because i it's just i don't know where it is i can't find it but uh, so i've seen i saw great benefit from the practice uh, 
both emotionally, both the strength of uh, the ability to take decisions uh, and uh, the ability to stay uh, calm and firm-footed um, and also the physical benefits of the practice. So when I saw that, um, you know, and I felt I had an opportunity, uh, I was also, you know, coming from an engineering background, a background of science, uh, I felt, you know, there's a, you know, there, this is a quite scientific. Sometimes when I uh, see people talking about it, they talk it, talk about it very mystically. I don't see anything uh, mystical about this at all. It's, it's, uh, is rooted in a lot of science. Um, and uh, so we just need to recognize that. Uh, and so I felt, okay, you know, yeah, I, I have always liked to uh, share, uh, teach. I think I've, uh, you know, I thought, you know, I'll, I'll, um, I'll do this. And there's uh, the motivation was my own, the benefits that I was seeing for myself uh, that I felt I could share with people. So that's really what motivated me to come out of my, uh, education. I mean, I, I've not come out of it. I continue to use all of what you know, all of the science that I've learned and engineering and everything in whatever I'm doing in the practice. But yeah, to come out of it from a traditional form and do what I'm doing. Very nice to hear about how you came into yoga. I think yeah, that's it. It was wonderful talking to you, Gorisha, and I hope. Uh, my viewers are also going to benefit from what you have told us today and I hope to interview again sometime soon with some more questions which I get from my viewers thank you so much for your time you have a nice day and nice rest of the week okay. All right. thanks uh...